Welcome back to the Gobble em Up podcast, an official podcast of the Fifth Quarter Network, presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. Now, here's your host, Carter Hill and Lance Weller. And hello and happy Saturday, Hokies. Welcome to episode 17 of the Gobble em Up podcast a part of the Fifth Quarter Sports Network and presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. Do you need a car or Mazda? Head on over to Duncan in Blacksburg. I drive a Mazda around town, so I and I love it. So if you need a car or a Mazda, whichever one you're looking for, Duncan will take care of you over there. You can find some of their new and pre-owned selections of vehicles at DuncanMazda.net. Check them out if you're in the market for a car, pre-owned or brand new. They got a great selection over there and Duncan and Blacksburg. So check them out. Whether you're listening to us on Apple podcast, Spotify, or any other platform, we thank you guys so much for hopping on and joining us, hopping on the the bandwagon and all these basketball podcasts have been doing fantastic. So we appreciate the support. Paul Duncan is our producer, but he is working remotely today. We are currently getting hit by three or four inches of snow in Blacksburg. We were supposed to get a good amount, but it's it's really coming down and hasn't stopped. So Paul's working remotely just so we wouldn't have to be driving all the back roads to get down to him and then, you know, end up wrecking in no podcast. So he is working remotely today. Lance Weller, who is still in North Apex, North Carolina, is zooming in as my co-host. And I'm Carter Hill, your host and a contributor to Fifth Quarter. A reminder to follow us on Twitter at FQ Gobble em Up is our Gobble em Up podcast Twitter. At FQ Virginia Tech is our fifth quarter Virginia Tech Twitter. At Lance Weller 3 is Lance's, and mine is at CB Hill underscore 03. We have a great jam packed slate for you today. I mean, we got a great Sunday for Virginia Tech athletics. We have men's basketball, women's basketball, and wrestling. I know this podcast is an interesting day, a Saturday morning, but we gotta, you know, we gotta preview the Notre Dame men's basketball as well as the Georgia Tech. So let's go through the slate. Just at our intro, coming up next in just a minute, we will be going over some Virginia Tech offseason stuff for for Hokies football. Talk about some guys that have said they were staying, as well as a notable transfer leaving the Hokies who recently committed to an SEC school. We were we will be going over that. Louisville men's and women's basketball turned out to be too much for the Hokies. We will be going over the men's loss as well as the women's loss. Remember the women's were supposed to be actually playing NC state. We were actually previewing that game. And then that game because of COVID, you know, you never know they end up playing Louisville. And then we will look ahead to the upcoming Sunday matchups with Georgia tech in the women's and Notre Dame in the men's before we give wrestling some love. They play Sunday too. They have some dual dual meets down in, in uh, West Virginia. So we'll go over them real quick before we close it out. Lance, it hasn't been too long since we talked. How's your week been? We're getting closer to you coming back to Blacksburg. How, has it been snowing down there? Any? I, I, I didn't see anything down there, but. Yeah, it's a 35 degree rain here right now. So that's awesome. But it's been a good week. Uh, about ready to get back up to tech, but uh, it's been a good start to the new year and Besides the crappy weather today, it's been good. Yeah, and also, and uh, we got to recognize it was Lance Weller's birthday this week, so Paul is actually coming on right now. Paul, are you going to say happy? I uh, say happy birthday to Lance. He's surprising you with a, a phone call. Oh, happy birthday, Lance! What up, bro? Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Yeah, happy birthday. We we appreciate Thank you. you. 
been a great, great addition to the podcast. So I wish we could give you some cake. If you were here, we could, you know, grab one, run to food line real quick and grab you a birthday cake. They make some great cakes there. Go to Carolee or something, but we'll have to make sure that that, that happens when you get back. But Paul, we, we miss you here today. I, I know it's what, what, how much snow do you think you got down there? Maybe like two and a half, three inches. Yeah. That's what but I would say up here. I've been- I haven't checked out the roads though. You never really know when it comes to like Nelly's cave in the valley, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it hasn't stopped coming down really. And it didn't really start to what, like 10 AM, something like that. So we had a snowy day in Blacksburg. We had no, we had no school today or inclement weather day is what they call it. So we had some an asynchronous day, but Paul, we miss you here today. Thanks for stopping by to give the, give Lance happy birthday. Uh, appreciate you calling mid podcast. Oh, no problem. No problem. All right. See you, Paul. All right, so happy birthday, Lance. We wish we could have we wish we could have done something in person. And since Paul couldn't be here today, we had to make sure to let him uh, wish you happy birthday. So there you are. But let's get right into it. Virginia Tech football has had some actually pretty good news with guys returning as well as they've they've had a notable transfer head on out to an SEC school. We'll start we'll we will start with that. Former Hokies quarterback Hendon Hooker announces he is transferring to Tennessee. Lance, what is your first reaction when you hear that? I mean, I guess it's probably an upgrade for them in the quarterback position. Uh, they have been atrocious there the past few years, to say the least, with Garantano. And then I'm pretty sure they started a couple freshmen possibly this year. Yeah, they just had someone leave too. Yeah, so, I mean, it seems like they should be – the past years, it seems like if they could have got any consistent quarterback play, then they would be pretty good. So hopefully for them, Hooker can bring that to them. You know, I don't, I'm not, you know, football knowledgeable enough to know like how he's going to fit in Pruitt's system and if Pruitt's even going to stay. But uh, I mean, I'm happy for Hooker. That's definitely going to be a challenge playing Florida and Alabama and you know, those defenses every year, so which, you know, the SEC defenses weren't even that good this year, but still, it's definitely going to be a step up, but we'll see how he does. You know, I, I was very surprised to actually see him go to Tennessee. Not that he doesn't have the talent to be there, but he's not that he would be a guaranteed starter anywhere, but I mean, he's far from guaranteed to start at Tennessee this year. I believe off the top of my head, they just have a five star quarterback come in. Who's who? Who's a freshman coming in? I don't know if he'll challenge him. I believe one of their guys who play this year is still still sticking around. So I have to look more into Tennessee football. But I, Hooker has a chance to play there, but he's far from guaranteed to be the starter there, and he'll just have to work for. It. I mean, I hope he does well there. Obviously, it's going to be a challenge. Who knows if even Jeremy Pruitt will coach him in a game with all their recruiting allegations? What's going on? If I was Tennessee, because I think they're going to get rid of him after the next year anyway, I would pull the plug on him now just because you can always say you don't have to pay him because you're firing him because of your, your the recruiting allegations. So I, I don't know. We will see. Some other stuff with the offseason. Lasita Smith and Deshaun Crawford announced they are returning to Virginia Tech. So those are good additions for the Hokies to have back. Deshaun Crawford will help out of that on that defensive line for Daryl Tapp and Bill Tierlink. They don't lose a lot. I mean, they lose Jared Hewitt and then Justice Reed but hopefully they have some guys there to help him get better. And then Lasita Smith definitely would have been a huge blow to see him leave because we don't, we're starting to get kind of thin on the offensive line. Lance, what are, what are your, some of your quick reactions there before I get to, I didn't mention it in the open, but we'll have one more thing to talk about with the Virginia tech football. Uh, I mean, I guess I didn't really think any of them were 
in danger of leaving anyways, but yeah, definitely two solid pieces to have back, uh, especially, well, they're both big, I guess, but like you were saying, if we were getting a little thinner on the offensive line, so big D at Swiss back, he should have a really good year next year, uh, he was ending up on some of those pro football focus team of the weeks and stuff this year, so I would expect to see him on that, uh, again next year, and, you know, he should have the left guard position locked down, I'm sure. Yeah, I think Virginia Tech's football staff is very um, invested into pro football focus, though. So, uh, <laughs> I guess I guess um, that's always a nice stat to have, but that's probably not something they're closely looking at. But, um, yeah. but, as but fans, we can. See yes, absolutely, too. absolutely. Yes, I understand what you mean. But one more thing, I didn't talk about the open with Virginia Tech football. Nothing roster, nothing roster wise. How about this? Virginia Tech and South Carolina will open the 2025 season at Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. In the Chick-fil-A kickoff game, or the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl kickoff game, I guess that's what they call it now, something like that. They've always they've, they've moved it around. But Shane Beamer, that would be his year five at South Carolina. Man, that would that would be my first day, that would be my first game as an alum too. So that's still a while away, but I'm pretty excited about that one. How about you, Lance? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. That's I will definitely be there if as long as I have a job and you know I'm still kicking. I plan to be at that game. Yeah, and South Carolina has a lot of their alums down there in Atlanta. So, do, so do the Hokies. So, there should be a, should be packed for that game. I would imagine there'll be more South Carolina fans there, but it's going to be packed to the rim. I would think with Tech and Tech and USC fans. I mean, two great fan bases. They're actually, you know, I, I hope Shane Beamer does well there. I, it's far from guaranteed he's there then, but I, I I think he's got a legit shot, and hopefully he can do well at South Carolina. I know his first few weeks in Columbia have been kind of shaky. He had a, his pretty much entire offensive staff ready to go. And then Auburn hired half of them away. So yeah. he's kind of, he's kind of off to it. Not, not him. I think he'll do fine there, but he's, he's probably had a little bit of a more stressful start than he was anticipating, but that's kind of how it goes. But let's move right into basketball while you're here. Virginia tech in Louisville, man, they played a heck of a game on Wednesday night. The Cardinals pull it out in a thriller 73 to 71 at the KFC Yum Center, the Hokies still have not won there since 19. They've never won at the KFC Yum Center. They've never beaten. They haven't beaten Louisville since 1991, and they've now lost 17 straight against the Cardinals. Louisville's impressive, but Lance, I want to hear what your thoughts watching that one on Wednesday night. I mean, my main thought was is that it seemed like we played a pretty bad basketball game, and we still had it. You know, a shot to win it at the end, which says a lot about Mike Young and where the team's at in just his second year, I guess. But uh, I don't know about you. I was just kind of frustrated with the lack of shooting, I guess you could say. After I saw a stat, I think Jake Lyman tweeted out that Jalen Cohn was the only tech player to make a three after the first two minutes of the game, which is killer. So we got two from Mutz in the first two minutes. One was banked in, and then we got one from Beattie. And then the rest of the game, Cone was the only player to make a three. So the fact that we even had a chance to win without Couture, Aline, even Aluma making any threes was kind of hard to believe. But, um, you know, I don't know. Louisville always seems to do this to us somehow. So uh, I would say it was encouraging that we had a chance to win after not playing our best game. But, Hopefully, you know, those are the games we can squeak out later down the season in the ACC tournament and hopefully the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I'm going to kind of echo your thoughts a little bit. I think 
I think you hit the nail on the head saying that we didn't play our best basketball game at all. I didn't think we played poorly throughout the whole game, but I think we did. We hit like kind of that bad stretch towards the end of the first yeah, half as well as yeah as well as the the beginning of the second half was about as bad as you could have it was a six point what yeah six point game at halftime i believe yeah. six yeah it was 36 to 31 at halftime i think the the cardinals got out to a 14 point lead with like 15 minutes left they closed it down to about ten with ten minutes left. It just—I I know the Hokies had it's come a back. Lot like the Villanova game, we got That's, down big in the second half. Yeah, exactly. That was. Go we ahead. Found a way to win the Villanova game, but just didn't find a way to win this one. Yeah, that was that was pretty much the comparison I was going to make with. I think the Villanova game felt very similar. I think we fell down fourteen to Villanova. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. Twelve, fourteen, yeah. something like that. And Tech got back in the game and. To Tech's credit, they didn't miss many shots in the last 10 minutes. It was We didn't get any stops on defense, really. And that's kind of, in my opinion, what contributed to this. But it's it's amazing that we are three. Like, Hunter, like Couture was six inches away. I mean, he did, it wasn't a close miss, I guess, if you want to word it like that. But he was, he, was a, he was a good six inches away from winning that game when the Hokies really had no business winning that game throughout the second half. We did a good job. Actually, one thing that has not been talked about that I don't think people give enough credit to, Carly Johnson had 17 points for Louisville, but I actually think BD did a good job on him for most of the night. A lot of, yeah, I think, well, Carly scored, I think he was, he had, well, he had three breakaway layups. So that's six points right there off a turnover. And he, I think he was four for four from the, from the free throw line. So he only had seven, seven Mm-hmm. you know, legit field goals. So I think, or I should say seven points off legit field goals, but I thought BD did a good job on him throughout the night. I don't like how BD took so many threes. I think we were taking way too many. I, I like, I like how Mike young wants him to shoot and everything, but when we weren't hitting it and the problem is we weren't hitting threes and we couldn't go down low because Aluma was struggling to get off the ground. He was, I mean, Aluma looked bad for some, a portion of that game. He was missing layups he just didn't look he, – he wasn't matched up well against David Johnson and Jalene Withers, who had a heck of a game. I'll go over some stats in a minute, but it's it's a miracle that we had a shot to win the game. Like, I was very pleased how we played the last 10 minutes, and if if that's a sign how things are going to go this year, especially with Villanova, some of those games are going to go your way, some of them are not. Villanova game could have easily gone the opposite way. This game could have easily gone the opposite way. We're going to be in good shape this year. We're, we're going to be fine. Louisville, in my opinion, after this win, is the best team in the ACC right now. I think you can argue Clemson as well. I would put Clemson and them right there. I don't know how you feel about it. I wouldn't say Virginia is there. They struggled against Wake Forest. I definitely would not put Duke there. Duke yeah. looks bad I against them there, but I would still pick both of them to beat us right now. Virginia and Duke. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, I picked I mean, Virginia on Saturday to beat us if that game would have happened. I think Duke would probably still be – I think we're better than both of them maybe. At the end of the year we might be, but right now I'd still pick both of those teams to be just because of basically history, I guess. Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. I just mean I think Louisville, Louisville in my opinion, is the best team in the ACC right now after this win, right yeah. with Clemson. That's that's kind of – but I think the Cardinals are going to be very, very good, and I think they're going to have a shot to win the ACC t- tournament. So I think – this would have been a big win. The Hokies will get another shot at them in Blacksburg later this year. So that if they can split with them, pretty good shape. 
Let's go to some statistics. The leading scorer for the Hokies, career high, Jalen Cohen had 23 points, hit a lot of threes, had that four-point play. He, I mean, he was clutched down the stretch. Naheem Aline had a great game too, 15 points. Kebe Aluma quietly had 11. I didn't, this was probably, I don't know, would you say worst game of the year, which is when having 11 points is a good comp as a compliment, but he, he struggled a lot to, yeah, you know, he and he a, missed free throws too. There with free throws and a couple labs. Yeah. Justin Mutz had 10, I believe what eight of those were in the first three minutes. He had yeah, the two I'm, threes and a layup. I'm of him taking threes. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, Hunter Couture didn't score till like the six minute mark left, and he ends up with seven. He's a lucky bounce away from 10, and the Hokies winning the game. I, I honestly, I was seeing some people not comfortable with the shot. I'm thinking, come on, like the where the position we were in in the game, and we had, I, w- I was screaming at the TV for Aluma. I was scared they were going to make Aluma miss the free throw, and I'm glad he made it. Because one point game with six seconds, you foul, you still got a shot, you see what happened. Mm-hmm. They missed the second free throw. It's a two point game. Couture goes down, maybe has an extra dribble, but you never want to be that, you know, you never want to be that. I guess you, you don't, that's too close to call. So he goes down there. He's actually got it. He's, he's, it's a deep look, but he's got a good look at the basket, just a little wide right. And if it's, you know, if it's on point, the Hokies, we're talking about them in the top 15 right now what nine and one and three down the ACC, but some more stats for the Hokies. BD had three and Tyrese Radford had two. He really didn't get anything going throughout the game. I, I told you before in the preview last week, I didn't think this was the best matchup for him, but I also didn't think it was the best matchup for Jalen Cohn. And he obviously proved me wrong guys that got in the game. Darius Maddox. I honestly didn't even remember he got in the game until I saw the box score. John Ojiaco did get in the game. His making a season debut had a quick foul, played only a minute. Yeah. David Gusan played a little bit. Cordell Pemsel was wondering why he didn't play. Yeah, he had a back issue. He had a ba- um, he had a back issue, so he was un- unavailable to play. And it's hard to look on the bench now because everyone's so spaced out to see yeah. like if he's in street clothes or whatever. But that's pretty much it. Cartier Jada still not available. He didn't travel with the team. But that's pretty much it for the box score for Louisville. Carleek Jones and David Johnson tied with 17. Jalene Withers had 16, and Quinn Slazinski with 10 led the Cardinals. So, I mean, that's four guys in double figures. What three of them had a combined 50 points? That's that's your game right there. Jalene Withers had a fantastic game, and even Mike Young said after a lot of credit to, to him, he didn't play the way he expected to. I actually had someone compare him against. Aluma to carry Blackshear in this game. He kind of looked like him. Blackshear sometimes mm-hmm. had trouble getting off the ground, would wouldn't dunk the basketball for whatever reason. And Aluma kind of had that issue a few times during the ball game. But Lance, what are your final thoughts on this one before we head into uh, actually the Louisville women's game? I mean, it was just you know, uh, I think our guards have been pretty sloppy with the ball all year too. It seems like Aline and. Beatty can be sloppy sometimes with it. Couture can be sloppy with it. Even Cone, when he puts the ball in the deck, can be. So I'd like to see that cleaned up throughout the rest of the year. But it's still, you know, like I said, encouraging. And I think we're going to have – Mike Young seems encouraged too. So uh, I think we're going to have – you know, we'll, we'll rebound on Sunday. I think we'll be in Notre Dame and have a good rest of the year. Yeah. Well, we'll get to the pick in a minute. But <laughs> on to the women's side. The Cardinals were too much – for the Hokie men's and women's. 
We previewed Virginia Tech and NC State women's actually, and you know what? That game didn't happen because, you know, 2020 or now 2021. COVID, we've seen this since sports have come back. NC State had some COVID issues, so the ACC women's basketball did some schedule adjustments. Louisville was, I think, scheduled to host Pitt, someone like that. They were scheduled to host someone on Thursday. That game was postponed. I'm try- I can't remember the opponent off the top of my head, but that game was postponed. They end up traveling to Blacksburg. Jeff Waltz, we talked about NC State being dominant. How about Kenny Brooks? He's got to prepare for third-ranked NC State. Finds out they're not playing them, but instead they're playing second-ranked Louisville. So that's that's quite a – they said he was in a team meeting when he found out. So that's, that's yeah. quite a 48-hour flip right there. And, I mean, they did a heck of a job. Louisville came in short – Short prep, obviously, it was short prep for Louisville too. Jeff Waltz's team at Louisville was fantastic. Dana Evans is arguably the best women's basketball player in the whole country on Louisville. I just know that because I'm listening to Packer and Durham rave about her every time they bring up ACC women's basketball. She put up 22 points and was the Cards' leading scorer as Louisville came in and squeaked out a close 71 to 67 win Thursday night at Castle Coliseum. The Hokies found themselves up. They were down 16 at one point in the first half. It was a nine-point deficit at halftime before the Hokies pulled closer in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, they, they it was a one-point game heading into the fourth quarter. They couldn't get over the hump. And then with about two minutes left, Asia Shepard hit a three-point. I was in and out watching the game. I had a fifth-quarter business meeting. But they hit... Asia Shepard hit a three-pointer with two minutes left to put the Hokies up 67 to 65. And the Hokies went up two, and I, the place was with the 250 fans there. It was electric, and it it was fun watching the Hokies. I mean, you never see a, a team really ever in women's basketball that's not in the top 25 beat a team in the top three because women's yeah. basketball is one of those sports where you're just – the programs at the top are just – football starting to get that way too. But women's basketball is one of those programs – or women's basketball is one of those sports, I should say – that the programs at the top are just at a whole nother level. Like you see UConn in their glory days, and they still are in their glory days, but like in their five, six years ago, like dominant days where they didn't lose a game in three seasons, they, I mean, they were beating a team. I remember they they played South Florida, who was 16th in the country, and they beat them by 40. That's just how much of a drop-off it, uh, it is. So mm-hmm. the Hokies were a minute and a half away from defeating second-ranked Louisville. The Cardinals hit a few layups down the line. Tech had a costly two turnovers towards the end of the game, and Louisville per- pulls it out 71-67. to Quick statistics on this one. Asia Shepard actually led the Hokies with 20 points. She had a fantastic second half. Liz Kitley with 17 and everyone else was in single figures. Azana Baines in her second game, the transfer from Duke with eight, as well as Asia Jones with eight. Georgia Amore had another game where she struggled five. I missed Kayla King. She also had eight. So three three girls who who, who had put up eight points, and then Deja Green with one. So and that was it for the score. That was it scoring wise for the Hokies. But frustrating game for Virginia Tech women's basketball. They have lost three in a row now after a really really sizzling hot start. And that's tough to lose a game like that when you have a, a top two team on, the, you know, you see it on the men's side a lot. You know, you have a top two team on, on the, you know, on their heels and a few mistakes towards the end and Louisville overcame what was uh, Virginia Tech just, just dominating second half as far as shooting wise. And, and Louisville was able to over, overcome that with some hokey mistakes at the end. And you just can't turn the ball over twice against a team like that. And Louisville pulls it out. So, Virginia Tech drops to six and three overall and one and three in the ACC. 
We will be previewing Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech in just one second, actually. That game will be this Sunday, and that'll be on the ACC Network Extra. We'll have coverage of that in just a minute. So the Hokies will try to rebound from a 6-3, and 1-3 and three record after a 71-67 loss to Louisville. But the Hokies and Georgia Tech this Sunday, Lance, before, as I'm kind of transitioning, pulling some stuff up, what do you think about the perspective of of women's basketball as, as far as, I guess I should say, how should I ask this? Women's basketball is kind of up and coming. It's becoming more competitive. I know you had talked about you would, you know, have, have followed NC State a little bit, being that area. North Carolina has been there a while. But what's your perspective overall of, of women's basketball becoming more competitive, which is kind of becoming an, an overall talk throughout the country? I mean, yeah, it's definitely more entertaining for sure. I, like you're saying, I, me and my brother always used to talk about like UConn's winning national championships by like 30 and um, women's basketball. And it never really seemed like the games were that competitive. Like in the NCAA tournament, you know, there's not, it didn't seem like there were any like 12 5 upsets or 6 11 upsets. It just seemed like kind of all the favorites were, which I could be wrong. I didn't follow it that closely, but that's what it seemed like from the outside. So definitely, you yeah. know, I mean, I think we have a good coach. So. Uh, the more competitive it gets and the more teams that, you know, kind of have access to being good and competitive, the merrier, right? Because, you know, that's trying to win ACC championships and national championships. I don't care what sport it's in. So uh, it's definitely entertain- more entertaining than it used to be, I guess. But I haven't kept up with it much this year, but I did. Uh, I watched the 3304 Sports, you know, wrap-up of the game yesterday and listened to what Evan Hughes had to say, so. I've been keeping up with it a little bit, but yeah, I think that's a fair statement. It's definitely on the rise. I I did, like I said, I enjoyed watching the game last night. Kenny Brooks, like you talked about it, fifth season at Virginia Tech, taken over for Dennis Wolf a couple years ago, comes over from from JMU. Three WNIT appearances took him to the WNIT final, and I believe they played Indiana and lost that game, and then. This past year would have gone to the NCAA tournament, and so hopefully they can go back to the tournament this year. But let's look ahead to Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, and Georgia Tech, which will be this Sunday at McCamish Pavilion in Atlanta and will be 2 p.m. Actually, I said ACC Network Extra. This will be on the ACC Network for any of those wanting to watch it on national TV. So Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech in Atlanta this Sunday, January 10th, on the ACC Network at 2 p.m., Let's go through some stats with Georgia Tech. They come in two and three in the ACC with wins over Boston College, Notre Dame, and losses to NC State, Notre Dame again, and then just beat up on Clemson 67 to 55. So they come in two and three in the ACC, five and three overall, didn't have much of a non conference season. Georgia Tech is one of those teams that's been kind of down in women's basketball the last few years. But they're on the rise in the the media poll for the ACC Women's Basketball. I have it pulled up right now. In the Blue Ribbon Panel, which is the media poll, they were picked ninth in the ACC, but this is interesting. The coaches' poll for the ACC preseason, they were picked fifth. So obviously they're seen a lot better in their league. They're up and coming. They've, like I said, they've been down in women's basketball recently, but I think they're they'll be fine. They're up and coming. The Hokies were picked seventh in both polls. Let's go through some stats for Georgia Tech. We just went through some stats for Virginia Tech. 
like I said, they come in five and three, a win over Georgia State, lost in overtime to Georgia, a win over Tulane, wins versus Boston College at Notre Dame, and then losses after some postponements with Miami and UCF, which is why they haven't played as many games. They played a close one with NC State and then lost a close one to Notre Dame before beating Clemson 67 and 67 to 55. So the Yellow Jackets obviously are having a decent year of women's basketball, and, and they've they were competitive with NC State. They beat up on Notre Dame the first time, which the Hokies lost to up in South Bend. So I don't know. It should be interesting. Let's go over some some stats for Georgia Tech as far as their roster. Their statistics right here. It's pulling up for the Yellow Jackets. They actually are not offering statistics for points per game, but I'll go through the roster real quick as uh, on ESPN. That is Sarah Bates, Ania Boyd, Ayansi Carter, Anissa Clark, Lorella Kubaj, Kira Fletcher, Naria Hermosa, Latamaj Leitinen, Aliyah Love, which she's a true freshman, I think. Just off the top of my head, I think she's been highly regarded, a freshman from Kansas City. Loyal Loyal McQueen, Condola Montgomery, Ronnie Narora, and uh, Iexa Juan Arenas from Spain. So I apologize if I mispronounce her name, but ESPN did not offer. That's weird, though. I typically do offer their stats, but they do not offer any of their um, player stats. So I just kind of went through the roster real quick. But Hokies and Georgia Tech this Sunday, 2 p.m. on the ACC Network. Should be a fun one. Hopefully Virginia Tech can rebound. I don't know if they'll get a win down there on Sunday, but hopefully they can to improve to 7-3 and three overall and 2-3 and three in the ACC. Well, what you hopefully came for, thanks for hanging around with us, taking the first 30 minutes of the podcast, digesting everything else, Virginia Tech Athletics. Virginia Tech and Notre Dame, 6 p.m. this Sunday evening, at Castle Coliseum on the ACC Network. So, hey, if you want to watch the women at 2 o'clock, I don't know who's on at 4. Watch the women from 2 to 4, 4 to 6, maybe grab a snack, go to youth group. I don't know. Do something, do something, and come back. Come back. No need to change the channel. Come on back at 6 o'clock on the ACC Network to watch the Hokies and, and Fighting Irish. So, Lance, as I'm pulling up some statistics on Notre Dame, what are your, your first thoughts on this one? Uh, they have the fourth leading score in the ACC, Lish. I think you say it Lashesky. I'm not quite sure, but he's a white dude, number 14, I think, but he can shoot the ball. Um, I watched him against their game against Carolina, and he was knocking down threes left and right. So um, he seems to be, you know, their Jalen Cohn type. He shoots the ball a lot and makes a lot. Um, so we'll have to keep him under check, but should be a good matchup for us. I mean, what was this second home game in uh, ACC play for Tech? Clemson in this third, one? Third, Miami. Third. Miami, Clemson, oh, yeah. and Notre Dame. Forgot about Miami. Anyways, um, I mean, it, it feels like it's a game we should win. Notre Dame's been close this year, but um, they lost to Carolina at the very end. I'm pretty sure they lost to Duke, I know, at home. I'm not quite sure on their other results, but definitely. I'll go like through it in a minute. Okay, yeah, I'll good. go through it in a minute so I can help you out there. Sounds good, but definitely feels like a game Tech should win if you know they come out with some energy and don't go through such cold stretches throughout the game scoring the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Notre Dame, who's been a force in the ACC for quite some time, is having a down year to this point. 
They're three and six right now. They find themselves, I mean, standings don't really matter right now, but they find themselves 13th in the ACC, three and six and 0 and three overall in the conference, but they're kind of like Miami where they've had some close losses. Let's go through their schedule here real quick. They opened up the season. I don't know if you remember. I think I remember watching this one on TV, but they opened up the season at Michigan State that Saturday mm-hmm. in November. Yeah. Um, where they dropped it 80-70, to 70, had games against Western Michigan and Tennessee canceled before they s- barely beat Detroit Mercy, lost to a good Ohio State team in a close one, defeated Kentucky 64-63, to 63, lost to Duke at home by 10, did lose to Purdue, which was – that's kind of a weird matchup to have in the middle of comp- – that's a good matchup for them early on in the season. Yeah. D- did lose to Purdue 88-78, to 78, which Miami did beat earlier this year, had a game against Syracuse canceled before they – defeated Bellarmine. Is that how you say it? They're a new Division One team this year. Bellarmine? I'm sure. I've never even heard of them. Bellarmine, they're brand new Division One. I. I remember watching them. Their first ever D1 game was at Cameron playing Duke. So Bellarmine, I think, is how you pronounce it. So I, I don't even know what state they're in, so I apologize. I don't know what their mascot is. So if anyone in the Bellarmine community is, is listening, sure. I apologize. But they, they won that game immediately before Christmas, 81 to 70, dropped a close one to UVA on December 30th, and then just dropped a heartbreaker to North Carolina. I mean, they were they were leading pretty much the last fourth of that game, and they dropped a, a heartbreaker at the end after Leaky Black hit a, a jump shot in the final 10 seconds, and they lost that one 66 to 65. That Western Michigan game they were supposed to play earlier on, was supposed to be played this past Wednesday. However, it got postponed again due to COVID issues in the Broncos program. So now they find themselves traveling to 19th-ranked Virginia Tech as of this moment. That'll change a little bit on Monday, but as of now, 19th-ranked Virginia Tech, that game is 6 p.m. ACC Network. So it should be fun. It should be a lot, a lot of fun. Leading scores for the Irish. I'll first start with their most recent game in Chapel Hill. Go through that one real quick. Yeah, you talked about him, Nate. Nate. Lazisky, 25 points. So he was easily their leading scorer. Yeah, I, I think Jalen Cullen is a great comparator, but he's he's a forward, so he yeah he's a taller guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not he's not like a comparison about the player, but he's that impact. Frequency, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. So um, I would imagine he will be matched up against Keve Aluma down low, which should be another fun matchup. Nice to see Aluma bounce back. Prentice Hub, is that am I pronouncing yeah. that right? Okay, Prentice Hub with 14 points. Jawan Durham, who's been there for a while, is another forward. He had eight points. Dane Goodwin with six. Nicola Dojo and Carmack Ryan. Carmack Ryan with five points each. And then Elijah Morgan with two. So that's the scoring for the Irish down in Chapel Hill as they drop that heartbreaker. Some statistics overall for Notre Dame. I'll go through it with you real quick. As far as the season goes, let's start out with their leading scorer. You talked about uh, you talked about him earlier, Lance Nate Lozinski with seventeen point two points a game. He's also their leading rebounder with eight point two points a game. So he's the guy you circle. He's the Carly Jones from the other night. He's the Chris Likes if he had played. He's mm-hmm. the Amir Sims. He's the guy Mike Young's going to circle. He's a guy I would I would think Aluma's going to be up against. But, I mean, we'll see if Cordell Pimsel plays. Ojiaku, obviously, they don't feel as confident with him playing yet. So mm-hmm. it's going to be him and him and Aluma down low. And even Justin Mutz may play down there some. I know 
Mike Young likes to bring him down there a little bit. Prentice Hub with 14.8 points a game. Trey Wirtz, who didn't play against North Carolina. I think he's been battling an injury with 9.8 points a game. Cormac Ryan with 8.6 points a game. Jerwan Durham with 7.9. And then the rest are all four points or under. Um, Hub leaves, leads them in assists with 4.6. He also leads them in steals at one a game. And then Jawan Durham, who actually has two blocks a game, is also very good down low. So the Hokies, Aluma's going to have have to have a solid game down low. I think if Virginia Tech's able to shoot the ball well, if Jalen Cohn can keep it going, Naheem Aline, Couture get more involved. If we can get Justin, I don't, I would, like I said, I wouldn't be shooting the ball with Mutz and Beatty from three, but if they can help out, you know, their presence in the game really helps out. If everything clicks and Virginia Tech plays their game, I think the Hokies will be fine with that. As we've already gone through the stats, Lance, which, what is your pick for this one? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Virginia Tech. Uh, like you said, I think if they play even an average game, I think Tech should win this game. <laughs> you know, somebody besides Cone makes a three this game, then I think we'll win the game. So that's my prediction. If somebody besides Cone makes a three, then we'll win. Yep, that's that's pretty good right there. I think a game at home, the Hokies should win this game. Notre Dame has had a bad season at this point, 3-6, and 0-3 in the ACC. This should be a nice little rebound game for Virginia Tech. I believe they have Duke coming up after. So this is that correct? Is that correct? Am I right on yeah. that? Tuesday, Tuesday against Duke. Tuesday against Duke. We'll have some sort of preview pod coming up for that later. We'll talk to you about dates as soon as we know. We're kind of playing everything by ear as far as podcast goes with the basketball schedule because the shorter podcasts have done well. But anyway, back to the pick. Virginia Tech's, they're going to need to capitalize on a struggling Notre Dame team coming in before they kind of hit some more of their nitty-gritty part of the schedule. I think this is a game the Hokies need to win. I think this is a game they will win by maybe 10, 12 points. With Notre Dame coming in at home, the Hokies have pretty much every advantage in this game. Like you said, if they play even just an average game, if they play like they did the other night against Louisville, I think they'll win this game by a si- not a sizable margin, but by five to ten points. And I think it'll be around a ten-point game, like I just said. I-, I think Virginia Tech will just be too much for Notre Dame. The Irish don't have as much of a scoring threat other than the guy down low with Aluma. What's his name against uh Lozinski. Lushkowski or something. Lushkowski. Yeah, oh, so I may be mispronouncing their best player yeah. throughout the podcast, and he I'm make he sure. he may make me pay for that. I haven't really watched Notre Dame as intensely to hear the the play by play guy say his last name, but yes, I I I hope uh, his first name's Nate. First name is Nate. So yeah. I think I think um, he provides a scoring threat down low for Notre Dame, but there's not enough around him to help him out. And the Hokies, I think, will get. Uh, a sizable win in Castle Coliseum and, and improved to three one in the ACC and nine and two overall. Well, now that we have previewed Virginia Tech and Notre Dame, before we close it out, let's give some love to Hokie wrestling. We said it's a fantastic week or fantastic Sunday, I should say, coming up in Virginia Tech athletics. Like I said, you got Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and women's basketball two o'clock on the ACC network, as well as you got the Hokies and Notre Dame and men's basketball six o'clock on the ACC network. Those will be fun ones, but can't forget about wrestling too. Wrestling, Virginia Tech wrestling has been very kind to our podcast. So I want to give them a, a quick shout out real quick. Hopefully we're you know able to get back to a match soon. That's a lot of fun to go. Like we always talk about week in and week out. It's just, it's just a whole lot of fun. Fans up and down. I mean, it wouldn't be the same this year, but I mean, 
we got NC State and Pittsburgh coming in this year, and there'd be five, six thousand people in Lane, or not in Lane Stadium, in Castle Coliseum, going crazy, holding, you know, yelling two every time there's a, a takedown. They think there is, so it would it would have been fun. But the Hokies will travel to Morgantown, West Virginia, at West Virginia University to play all all day Sunday. Actually, they play their first dual meet. Their first dual meet, I should say, is against Ohio at noon. Following that, they will have a, a meet against Kent State at 1.30, and then they will wrestle against the host, West Virginia, at 3 o'clock. You can catch that all on ESPN+. Plus. So, I mean, I don't know about you, Lance, but I've got ESPN+, Plus on my computer, iPad, from 12 to 4.30 probably is when the Hokies and Mountaineers will finish that match. Mm-hmm. I've got, I, I'll, I'll have Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, ACC Network on the TV at 2 o'clock, and then obviously you got Virginia Tech, Notre Dame at 6 o'clock on the ACC Network. So a great Sunday in Virginia Tech Athletics. So hopefully we got you prepared for that. Again, Virginia Tech against Ohio, Kent State, and West Virginia all day on Sunday in Morgantown. So 8th-ranked Virginia Tech, I should say, 8th-ranked. They're setting themselves up for a huge match next week against, I think I said meets earlier. They kind of use interchangeably, but they set them they set themselves up for a huge match next Friday in Chapel Hill against North Carolina, January 15th, six o'clock on the ACC network. That should be a top 10 matchup, the Hokies and Tar Heels. So that should be a fun one. We'll have a little bit of coverage about that one next week, but that's pretty much going to do it. I know we went a little bit longer today for a shorter podcast, but Lance again, happy birthday. Um, the Washington football team, Division champs forgot to give them a shout out the other night, Saturday tonight. So tonight, Tom Brady and the Bucks come into Landover, and hopefully the the WFT can pull it out. So um, Alex Smith hopefully can have a great game, and hopefully he can move. Hopefully he can move. I think it's a great story. Third string quarterback who almost lost his leg. A coach is getting cancer treatments all year long. I just a great story. And hopefully they can continue their their magical run. You, I know that there's a lot of hate that they didn't deserve a playoff spot, but they in, in a very weak division. But they did win their division. The NFC East belongs to the Washington Football Team. And then also Eric Kuma, big thanks to him, former Virginia Tech and Old Dominion wide receiver, for coming on and and doing a a one on one interview with me. I read an article about why he left Virginia Tech, why he went to OD, uh, why he went to ODU, and then also his return to Lane Stadium, how he felt about that. So if you haven't Check that out. Go check out that that that, uh, that that piece. That's my most successful piece at fifth quarter, and so I appreciate everyone clicking on it. It's a great story. So hopefully everyone can go read that. Eric's the he's the man. He's the man. I know Lance. You you've had some experience with experiences with him yeah, as well, but cool yeah, he is a cool dude. So hopefully he gets a shot in the NFL. So I'm I'm hoping for that. But Lance, before we close it out, you got any final thoughts? Virginia Tech Notre Dame six o'clock ACC Network. No, I'm just looking forward to a good weekend of sports and looking forward to Monday night too, national championship. That's true. Oh, before we go, before we go, we have to pick the national championship game. Lance, who are you going to go with, Alabama or Ohio State? Bama. I think Bama will beat them just because Fields is banged up and I just got to go Bama. Yep, I'm going to go Bama too. Oh, just for that reason, I think Justin Fields, you know, banged up, like you said. This would be the first eight-game national champion winner in since the 40s maybe I saw, something like that. 
I think Bama is just way too good. I would have had them beating Clemson. I think Alabama is just way too good top to bottom. They are going to overmatch Ohio State, and they're going to win by probably two touchdowns, I'm going to say. So I think the Tide will win another one under Nick Saban. That'll be his seventh, sixth at Alabama, seventh overall. Maybe something like that. Well, for Paul Duncan, our producer, who, again, is working virtually today because of the snowstorm here in Blacksburg, Lance Weller, my co-host. I'm Carter Hill, your host and contributor to Fifth Quarter. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week as we will preview Duke and Virginia Tech men's basketball and what's you know coming up in men's, women's basketball and wrestling. Enjoy your rest of the weekend. Thanks for tuning in on a Saturday. Enjoy your week coming up. Thanks so much. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.